for having her on today to kind of talk about all things Boston, Massachusetts real estate. Welcome to this week's episode of Hey Homegirl. Hello, fellow homegirls. Welcome to today's edition of the Hey Homegirl channel. Today, we are interviewing Nancy Moore, who is a luxury real estate agent right here in my own backyard in Massachusetts. Nancy has been lucky enough to work in the same town she grew up in for over 22 years. So on today's episode, you're going to get some great tips from somebody who's been in the industry for a really long time, but somebody who also started out in not a luxury market and worked her way up to that. So stay tuned and enjoy today's episode. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Hey Homegirl. Today, I am so excited to have Nancy Moore on with us. Nancy has been a real estate agent here in Massachusetts for just about as long as I have been, which is so great. And her and I know each other through the Tom Ferry ecosystem. And it's just been really great these last couple of years to see her career and watch where she's going and all the innovative things that she's doing. So we're having her on today to kind of talk about all things Boston, Massachusetts real estate. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm very excited. I'm so happy to have you. I think that you're a plethora of knowledge and that you have so much to share with other females in our industry. So thank you. Thank you. So you've been selling real estate in the same town that you grew up in. Is that correct? That's correct. I don't want to date myself, but I've been there since the (laughs) sixties. All right. So, but your career is just about as long as mine. And so you're two decades in. Absolutely. And it must be so nice for you to be able to do this in the town that you grew up in with, you know, the families that you've known for a long time and things like that. It is, it is, you know, as whenever you start a new career, people have to get used to that's what you're doing and that's who you are. So I struggled with it a little bit at the beginning, but the more people recognize that you're a professional, you're not just dabbling in this. It's not just a hobby for you. They come to trust you more and more. Well, that's awesome. Have you been able to like have some multi-generational clients? I know for me, there'll be people that, you know, 20 years ago, I sold a house to them and now I get to sell a house for their kids or something like that. Absolutely. And that, it's, that's so fun. I had some relocation clients that I met when their children were eight and 10 and now they're getting married. And so the same thing, you, you know, you follow their children, you, you become part of their family with a lot of your clients, which is one of the perks of this business for me. And yes, absolutely. So then you go from helping their parents to helping their children to the parents' children. Oh, that's awesome. So most of your career has really been relationship-based. It absolutely has been. Yes. It's who I am. I think a lot of women that get into this, it's because it's who we are. We care about other people. The relationships is second nature to us. Yeah. And we have that nurturing aspect, which is, I think, very helpful. Absolutely. What kind of changes have you seen in the Needham marketplace over your career? Over my career, it's interesting. I think it's with pretty much any town. You see cycles. You see the older people are now moving out. The younger people are moving in and it's revitalizing itself again. When I was growing up there, it was a town of young families and it aged as towns do. And now we attract these young families back that are, you know, attracted to the schools or attracted. We're right outside of Boston, as you know. So the commuting is fabulous, whether by the highways or transportation. We have four commuter rails in the town. So it's a town center. Somehow we became a destination for restaurants. So it must have- That's a great thing. It is. So the young couples that are coming out of the city 
are not missing going to all the ethnic restaurants that they have in the city. That's awesome. And what other kind of smaller areas outside of Needham do you also service? So right the perimeter of Needham. So we have Wellesley, we have Newton, which is really a city. I mean, there's seven villages in Newton. Yes. Each with its own distinct kind of aura, I would guess you would say. Westwood, which is another fabulous town revitalizing itself. And, you know, just kind of the perimeter there, Dover a little bit, but mostly Wellesley, Newton, Westwood, right in that area. And coming out of COVID, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges other than inventory that you're facing right now in your marketplace? Let me think for a minute. Coming out of COVID, I think that everyone's gotten used to people coming back into their house. So that's really not a struggle anymore. It's really just a matter of inventory for us. I happily, you know, saying that I'm not seeing effects of COVID anymore in the marketplace. I think it's become more common, which is a crazy thing to say, but people are used to it. So just like the state and much of the rest of the country, it's just that inventory lag that we're still seeing. Exactly. Exactly. You know, the young kids and the young families are still wanting to move out of the city and have more space as their children grow and have more services for the family, more fun activities. And so that's affecting us too. And have you always been with Sotheby's? Actually, I haven't. I've been with a number of brokerages. I started off with Century 21 and our office manager broke off to start a Prudential locally. So I joined her. Then as many people know, Prudentials, a lot of them were bought by Berkshire Hathaway. So we became Berkshire Hathaway and I was with them for most of my career with that group. And I broke off from them to join a boutique agency in Wellesley and they were actually bought by Sotheby's. So (laughs) so I tell people I've been through a lot of agencies, but really not by my choice. Oh, that's so interesting. So you've seen a lot of dynamics and a lot of different models as far as brokerages go. I really have. Yes. And what works for me is I've known now what I need and what I want as an expert, as a professional. And what are some of the things about being at Sotheby's that Gibson Sotheby's that you really enjoy? First of all, I have to say the support. They have more support for us, the agents, than most of my other agencies. So I want to thank them for that. They're also, it's a Sotheby's. So in our area where we're a high-end area, that name means something. It tracks the luxury market. So I appreciate that. Their marketing materials are up to par for what we're attracting. Yeah. So let's talk luxury for a few minutes because one of the things when you and I saw each other last week at an event, we were talking about some of the higher end things. And Mm -hmm. in Massachusetts, you know, you are in one of the highest marketplaces. So I'm, it's so different from my marketplace. So I'm of course so interested in that. Do you feel like over your 22 careers, you started out focusing on luxury or was that something that you kind of built up to? It definitely built up to, as I mentioned earlier in our talk, when I started, people had to get used to me as a professional, as a realtor. And so that's not attracting a luxury market right away because they're expecting you're the expert. They're expecting to rely on you. They're expecting that you know what they don't know. So that I did work into that. Yes. All right. And what are some of the tools that you had to put in your toolbox to be able to kind of handle those higher end clients? A lot of those tools are self or self-flicted. I would probably not the right word, but it's kind of self-taught. Self-taught and you're the way your demeanor is. For example, what comes to mind is they value confidentiality. Mm-hmm. You cannot be having cocktails with your girlfriends and talking about the house that you're listing and the inside information on it. You just can't. Yeah. So that that's important. 
and I was never a gossip, I will say. So, but you do have to just kind of be aware and check yourself that you're not letting out information. They also, as I said, really want service as anyone does, and they want to be listened to. And I don't mean, I mean, really listening, listening that you can act on it, listening so that you can bring that to the table for them. What's valuable to them? Do they need you? In our area, we accompany every showing. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We're not quite finished yet, but as the home girl of your hometown, I would love to pass the mic to you so that you can share your story and some of your secrets with the homegirl community. To apply, please go to howtobeahomegirl.com in the show notes. People in the luxury market, they don't want open houses because they don't want people just coming in to see what this house is like. Mm -hmm. You can't blame them. You know that was going to happen. It's a different service that you're bringing sometimes, but it's also the same service because you need to treat them as you would. I, I treat my $3 million property as I do my $300,000 property. People need your care. They need your concern. They need you to be the expert, as I said earlier, and they need you to value what's valuable to them, both items and personally, emotionally. What were one or two strategies that you had to implement to kind of break through into that market? I would say the networking. You had to, because, you know, I I grew up middle-class. I did not grow up in a country club lifestyle. So that was a struggle and you just had to network your way through. Kind of making sure that you're putting your in front of the right groups of people at the right time. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you're invited to something, you go, even if it's outside of your comfort zone, if you're going to grow, you're going to take that challenge. So So. speaking of outside our comfort zones, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the things that we've seen a lot in the last, I would say probably definitely the last two years, but more so the last five has been the way video is impacting our careers. And one of the things that impresses me so much by you is that especially over, it seems the last 12 months, you've gotten very, consistent with your video output. Thank you. It is very important. And, you know, I laugh with my teammate because as women, we are so aware of how we look. Does my hair look good? Does my, is my makeup right? Is How's this color of the shirt? I laugh and I say to her, you need to get over yourself. That's our big tagline to each other. Get over yourself. Everybody knows what you look like, or if they don't, and you show up and you look entirely different, there's going to be a disconnect. (laughs) You need to be real. You need to be real with people. Because you and I remember glamour shots. We remember when the realtors wanted to And there are filters. You've got to be careful with filters. Yeah, that's like the modern day glamour shot for sure. Right, it is. You're absolutely right. That's so funny. It's, It's kind of like and and you know having your headshot and your or your business card from 10 or 15 years ago. So for you, you made the decision to start putting out more video content. Who are some of the people that you look up to that are doing video really well or that you go to when you need some inspiration? Oh, definitely Karen Stone. Personally, she she to me is the guru. There's, you know, spatterings of other people I'm trying to think of. There's David Caldwell, who's also in the ecosystem. And what's okay. interesting about him is they both have different styles and you're Different styles appeal to different people. Mm-hmm. Don't try to be someone else. I'm looking at different, as you asked me, different people that I'm looking at for videos. Karen Warren, Shana Sphere in, in Rhode Island. They all have their own style and it's who you are. So yeah. be who you are. Yeah. I love that you lean into wanting to be that authentic part of yourself because that's what your clients know and love about you. And mm-hmm. that's what's going to make you memorable. And that's what they're going to get. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're, you can't fake it. And your teammate's name is Jane? Yes, it is. Yep. Is Jane putting out content as consistently as you are? Um, she's getting there. Good. Yeah. We, we support each other. What you bring to the table as a person. Teams work very well if you support each other. Well, that's awesome. And how long have you been partnered up? Um, actually, we've been together our entire careers through all those agencies. And we only teamed up four years ago when I left for the boutique. I didn't have that backup in the commodity that I was used to in the Berkshire and Prudential office. Mm -hmm. So I asked Jane and actually another woman to leave and join me as a team. And they did. So it was wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. That is so cool. And so for the most part, do you work your listings together or do you work your listings separate, but just strategize on everything? Actually both. We have team business and we have individual business. So we're kind of a unique team in that respect. I know teams work differently. Some of them near us share everything, but we work our own. But when we work our own, we're also working together. We're strategizing, as you said. Oh, which is and great. Because then your clients, your clients get more support that way the whole way around. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We introduce each other to our clients. They know that we're working hand on hand, you know, hand in hand, and they have that support, as you said. I will say that, as I mentioned, we had a third woman who was with us. And after two years, we did have to ask her to leave the team. So that might be another discussion. But as I will say to our listeners, just, you know, even if you think it's good at the beginning, don't let it continue to your own detriment. Yeah. It's, I think it's important for everyone to revisit your relationships and make sure that things are working in the best interest of the client and for yourselves. Agreed. She, this other woman uh, was more of a hobbyist, shall I say, and we don't work that way. This is our career. And when you've been in the business as long as you have, I know for me personally, I've seen so many of those type of agents come and then go, you know, they come in and they sit down with you and they're like, well, I really love to look at houses. And it's like, that is not what this is about on any level. Exactly. Yeah. yeah people do think that. Yeah, they do. So quick, fun question. Okay. When Tom Brady's house was for sale, did you get to go in it? I did not. Oh no. <laughs> I, know, I wish I did. Yeah. I've been, I've been into some others. We used to have actually a lot of Boston Celtics that lived in Needham. Yeah. So we used to go to those, but no, no, I was sad to not be able to get in that. That's okay. But I was that just goes back to what we say about privacy and luxury and yeah. homes. Yeah, that's true. All right. right. So one of the things that I really want to help promote through this podcast is the development of other female agents so that other women in our industry can have the longevity that agents like you and I have had. So what is one good piece of advice that you would give to empower other female agents? I would say be careful being competitive with the other agents in your town. You do rely on each other. I understand that we might be competing for the same listing, but you want to be the agent that when you're putting an offer in on their house, they're happy to work with you. So I don't care what happens. You need to appreciate them. You always take the high road are the one who says, okay, you know, I understand what happened in this instance, but let's move past it. Treat others as you would want to be treated. The old golden rule rule works perfectly. I completely agree. And it's so important to have that connection because you don't know the next time they might have a listing and you have a buyer or vice versa. Exactly. And one of the things that I've started doing and people really appreciate it is when I have an closed contract, I'll write a handwritten note to that other agent, throw in a Starbucks card, say, Hey, thanks for making this transaction work for our clients, yours and mine. Just appreciate yeah. people. Don't be competitive. I completely agree. I think that there's definitely enough room at the top for all of us that really want to make this our full-time 
time careers. I agree. And you know what? Those customers are going to come and go. But if you're in this for the long run, as you said, you're going to be working with those other agents more than you were going to work with those clients that you maybe they got the listing. I love the idea about the Starbucks gift card. That's a great idea. One thing I've been trying to do over the last year, just because I think that consumers are definitely going more and more the route of reading reviews is when I work with a really great agent, I try to give them a Google review. Absolutely. The thank you. Even in your own marketplace. And I know oh, yeah. people might be you know hesitant to do that, but I disagree. I agree yeah. with you, Sarah. It's, you know. Oh, that's great. So. so for our viewers that want to connect with you and see some of your amazing social media or follow your career a little bit longer, where should they go to connect with you? They can connect with me at Nancy Moore Needham Realtor. It's oh. N-E-E-D-H-A-M Realtor. Thank you so much for your time today, Nancy. This has You're been welcome. so informational and you just have so much knowledge to share with all of the other women in our industry. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so happy to do this. And honestly, if there's any follow-up questions, I'm happy to connect with anyone and share what I can. All right. Thank you. I'm going to go ahead and I will put Nancy's contact information in the video feed so that people have that if they would like it afterwards. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 